This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, only in New York. Welcome to Only in New York. I'm Tracy Carnazzo. I'm Andrea Allen. And I'm Hamda. And our guest today was a series regular on HBO's drama, The Sopranos. He's also an accomplished writer and author of A Goomba's Guide to Life, which is the first of a series of Goomba guidebooks. He, did you know there were Goomba gui- side guidebooks? Obviously I did, yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs> he recently started a new podcast with Michael Imperioli, called Talking Sopranos. He also makes his own sauce called Uncle Steve's. I've tried it. Obviously. It's amazing. Welcome, Steve Sharippa. Hey, guys. How are you? Hi, Good to see everybody. How Thank are you? Thank you so much for being here. Steve, I got to tell you, um, obviously, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're kind of like connected because you wrote a book about Goombas, and that's how I find everyone in my life. I'm just like constantly looking for Goombas. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I wrote the book... Uh, Oh, shit. It's almost, uh, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago. It was like a comedy book about Italians, but we kind of hit the Italian stereotype on the head. Like, you know, we would say you might be a Goomba if uh, you've got more pinky rings than pinkies. You might, uh, uh, something you never hear a Goomba say, Nathan Lane. I adore Nathan Lane. You know, so there was a bunch of silly stuff, but kind of struck a chord uh, and I love a good it became a New York Times bestseller so it was it was a lot of fun that ride Steve I dated I dated four different guys named Luigi really yeah I like it well I'm you're Italian you're, I'm, I'm mother father both the time yes absolutely Luigi that's a good name yeah four of them yeah. it turns out not such a great uh person for me to date I'm not what are you really on like uh an Italian uh Sauce.net. Yeah, something like that. What do you want? I'm on uh, sauce and bowls. That's what it's. A, you just swipe sauce or you swipe bowls. It's, it's... I, Andrew, did you catch that test between Italian and Italian? Like, yeah, like, both sides, both sides. I've both never, sides. I've never said I'm Middle Eastern, and someone's like both sides. They're like one side, half a side. You're Middle Eastern. We get it. Yeah. I did my ancestry. I'm 89% Sicilian. So yeah. that's what's going on. But I got to tell you, I'm just so happy to have you here today. And obviously, everyone recognizes you from The Sopranos. But I have a personal connection with you. I am just so excited that the Sausage King is here today, Leo Boykovich. That was my absolute favorite role that ever played <laughs> on any TV show, The Secret Life of the American Teen. I was such a big fan. And yeah, I was a grown... Was a I was a grown woman as a big fan on ABC Family. Uh, and that's why I'm just so excited. It was a guilty pleasure. It was a guilty <laughs> pleasure. Uh, it got me the, through. We said sex 85 times in a, in a paragraph. <laughs> Did you have sex? What kind of sex? What sex? It was, oh, a, you know, it was a good show. You know, it put ABC Family on the map. Absolutely. And I had just finished The Sopranos. So I was on there for five years. And it was with Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Right? Well, and Shailene Woodley, who's a huge star now. She blew up from yeah, that show. She's a huge star. She was 16 years old then. And she was really, she was a nice girl then. And I was there for five years. And I really, that's one of my favorite things I've ever done. That was, you know, that was I, a lot of fun. I like when Steve says someone's a nice person because um, when you're not, you are so cool about calling people out. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that guy acted like a dick. 
I'm done with them. I don't like them. He I don't called someone. Listen, I'm a regular guy. What you see is what you see. I, I've been, I'm way older than you guys. There's mostly nice people, you know, in show business. And there's a lot of douchebags, you know, and I, whatever. You, not that I'm using this as a forum, but somebody asks a question, I'll give you an, an honest answer. You know? And that's what we love about here, you here <laughs> over on Only in New York. I'm the same way. And I was listening to you on Keith and the Girl and you and Chemda were talking about when you're talking to someone about another person who treated you poorly, the first person who's like, hey, that guy's kind of, and then one person goes, an asshole. And you're like, yeah, an asshole. Absolutely. It's the best. <laughs> you <laughs> kind of feel it out a little, you know? Yeah. And listen, I've had a few of those. Listen, I, uh, so I lived in, after I, I, I lived in New York. I was born in Brooklyn and I lived there for 20 years. Then I moved to Vegas. And yes. for a little while, I moved to Hawaii, right? And there was this asshole of a human being uh, rich guy owned the car lots. He was like a big fucking to do, drunk, high. This is in the eighties. And then when I got back to Vegas, uh, a guy that I knew pretty well, uh, I saw him at the gym, and he said, "Hey, uh, you know, did you ever run into uh, I forget the guy's name, so and so out there?" I said, "Yeah, what a fucking jerk off asshole." <laughs> he said, "That's my dad." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Did you stick to it, Steve? Did you say yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I just kind of went, yeah, maybe I caught him on a bad night. I mean, ah. it was, I've stepped, listen, I've stepped, uh, I've done so many of those. Another time I was in Atlantic City with Big Pussy and, and our attorney, we were having dinner, we were doing something out in Atlantic City and the show had just ended and we're having dinner and there's a guy you know, in his 50s with a younger girl in her 20s. Really, what? Yeah, really nice. Look. In so, Vegas? No, in Atlantic oh. City. So oh, okay. the guy the guy says to me, man, I, I don't know what I, uh, we're going to do on Sunday nights now. So I look at the girl and I go, I could think of a whole lot of things to do. <laughs> and she says, that's my dad. Ah. <laughs> you should Jack, have said, please. I'm not your dad. Jack, please. <laughs> I've done a lot of those. I've done a lot of those kind of things. Did you get into fights growing up? Did you did you live in a world that fights yeah. erupt or anything? You did. Yeah. Well, I I, I grew up in Bensonhurst, you know, which mm. at the time, in the sixties and seventies, and even the, I think up until the nineties, I had left in uh, nineteen seventy nine, but. It was, you know, a big Italian mob. That was the big enclave, Bensonhurst, yeah. Brooklyn. Not so much anymore, but at one time, that's where it was. And it was a middle class, lower middle class to middle class neighborhood, a very rough neighborhood. And I got into fights constantly. Now, you what know, was rough about it? How, how would I mean, you... listen, there was all these... Listen, you didn't know who was who, right? You grew mm -hmm. up with some of these guys. Some became doctors and cops and lawyers, and mm -hmm. some became hitmen. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the guy that I played little league with uh, did twenty five years for murder. Ooh, what I mean, was I his know name? The guy, I know the guy all his life, right? And <laughs> a whole bunch of them, and one of the Luigi's. <laughs> and, and so there was a lot of just. It was just a rough neighborhood with a lot going on. On every corner, there were at the time. Guys are hanging out in front of the drugstore and guys are hanging yeah. out in front of the candy store. And, and things happen. And if someone from outside the neighborhood dare come in, 
there was a problem. So, a lot of turf wars. You know, there was a lot of that shit, you yeah. know? I mean, and even though, like I said, a lot of them turned out fine and businessmen, a lot of bad people, a lot of guys dead, a lot of drugs. Were you were you dead. good at fighting? Did you see? It I was okay. I wasn't as big as I was now, but I was okay. I you know I I not not the toughest guy around, but I could. I didn't take any shit, and then I became a bouncer when I got older. Mm. So I was okay, you know. I mean, but when I was a bouncer, I had brass knuckles in one pocket, a blackjack in the other. I mean, <laughs> gloves with. Uh, I mean, it was crazy. You know, crazy You're the time. dice man over there. Yeah, crazy like a di- <laughs> like dice gloves. Only it had like sand in it. Yeah, smoking uh, cigarettes on the like, side of your face. You ever take like a sock and you just fill it with batteries, and then you just carry it. No, okay, never mind. Sorry. Is that what you did to Luigi? Are those Luigi? You're like a like a deserved it. I loved a good sock full of batteries. Now the real question, Steve, you're from Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. What is your favorite Italian bakery? Where do you get your favorite cannoli? Oh, uh, let's, let's see if you have the right answer. You know, Ooh. Alba? Alba? Uh, Alba? No. I know Villa Biate. Where is that? That's in Bensonhurst. On well. 18th Avenue? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, they changed. It used to be Alba. Yeah, they, okay. that's a good one. That's a good, my fa- my best pizza in Brooklyn, uh, Spumoni Garden, LMB Spumoni Garden. There's no totally better. agree. That I'm, is the best pizza, Da Vinci on 18th Avenue. Also, I could go on and on about pizza. This is Can like me watching. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. This is like watching the Italian meeting that I was never invited to. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm watching them do it. Steve, do you put raisins in your meatballs? Uh, I don't really cook, but yeah, we've done that. And, and the pignoli nuts. Yeah, we've done that. <laughs> Can you tell us? Um, oh, I completely lost. But, oh, about tipping in New York. Has it changed? What was it like? Where do you do it? What's the best places and how to do it? Well, listen, I, you know, tipping means to ensure proper service, okay? Ooh. And that's what tipping means. So, like, I lived in Vegas for many years, but New York is a tipping place. You could get a long way with not that much money. You don't have to give hundreds around. But if you want to get treated properly, you, you know, you take care of the hostess or the host. If you're going to go back to the restaurant, you know, on the way out, you had a great meal, you want to come back. Give the guy 20 bucks, the girl 20 bucks. Listen, I'll be back. She'll give, can I get your card? Give it $20. You know, if you want to. A lot of cities like LA, if you give them money, they'll embarrass the shit out of you. Like, you know, yeah. if there's a long line, like, you know, and you, you try to tip someone to get to the front of the line, what are you doing? You know, you're going you're gonna to go back with your tail between your legs. Here in New York, you go up to someone, the place is packed. You go, listen, I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you $50 in a minute. Can I get in? You get a table of four? They'll say, give me 10 minutes. Yes. Cash Ooh, is that's, king. That's so this. smooth. I would, you, you know. Ever go to, you ever go to Peter Luger's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you can't get in if you don't tip. Unless yeah. you get a, you make a reservation for three months. You go in. You ask for the guy. And you say, you know, here's 20. It's like for two people, 20. For four people, 40. $10. Who's the guy? Like, Who's the guy? Do you ask for Peter himself? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Mr. Luga, I'm not giving the guy's name up. I'll do it off camera, off the podcast. I have a lot of questions. So his just... name ain't Luigi. His name ain't Luigi. It's so not you, listen. So you mentioned, like, you, you know, you grew up amongst these characters. Most of them turn out in regular careers. Others go into crime. Do you sort of see them 
like I would imagine they become influenced by people above them. How did they get sucked into that life? Do you see it happening slowly? One day do you turn around and you're like, oh, my friend's the criminal. Like how did you have been in it? I think, you know, I I, I think one, sometimes they were born into it. Their father, their uncle, blah, blah, blah. Then you kind of saw guys, uh, you know, you saw them started, uh, you know, getting into trouble. They were kind of, like you just see the guy running wild, they're getting high. And we're talking, say, young, yeah. 14, 15. You know, they're starting to get high. They once played ball. They were sports guys. Then, you know, we all have those friends, right, that yeah. used to be whatever sports guys or they were into this, into that. Or suddenly they're, they're just smoking weed or doing drugs or mm-hmm. they're not that guy anymore. So you saw some of that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they gradually start you know, growing into, uh, they're stealing tires. I remember some guys were stealing the spare tires of all the cars back then. Oh, really? Late at night. Yeah. But when they opened the truck, they had 200 spare tires, brand new. (laughs) They were selling. So they gradually, gradually, and then some of these older mob guys, they get uh, enthralled with that life of, you know, nightclubs and girls and gambling and, Da, da, da. And, it's and a I lot think, of money, I imagine, too. It's a lot I, of easy I, I, money. You know, I think it's a very hard life because most of them wind up dead or in jail. Yeah. And I think you're always struggling unless you're the top guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're always grinding and scraping. It's not a life that I would want. You know, it's right? very stressful. It's extremely stressful. I, life. I would think I've so. heard. I've heard it's not great. Not for me. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, have you ever been to Rayo's? Sure. Do you eat there a lot? Uh, I haven't been in a few years, but I used to eat there quite often. You know, I like it. It's good. Frankie Pellegrino, who was on The Sopranos right. and a great actor, he was up there mm-hmm. and he passed away. But I like Rayo's. I know Joey, who's like the main guy there and no menus. Have you been, right? I've been, yeah. Yeah, you no menus. He sits on the chair, turns the chair backwards. He helps you oh, order. It's I love really, this. It's a really good experience. And you could go to the bar. You, know, you, you can don't, go sit at the bar for no reservation. Sit yeah. at the bar. And, and I had a show uh, years ago called Steve Sharip is Hungry, where I went to a bunch of different restaurants, and Frank let us in, and he didn't do that for anyone, showed us how to make their meatballs. I think you can find Whoa. it online. Showed us how to make the meatballs and sh- uh, opened the restaurant to us in the daytime, mm-hmm. and it was just fantastic. You fed the whole crew. It's oh. really, yeah. That's you a real – that's a real New York experience. Um, and for our listeners that don't know what we're talking about, Rayo's is a, a restaurant that's very exclusive. It's in Harlem and it's just, just a few tables and usually people own the tables, right? Yeah. Steve? Oh. It's like time sharing. It's like time share. <laughs> right. It's the hardest restaurant in the United States to get into. Really? And it doesn't matter who you are or how much money you have. Uh, it's open Monday through Friday, cash only, they open at about six or seven at night. They're not open for lunch. Closed on Saturdays and Sundays. And people own the table. So say I have a table of four the first Monday of every month oh. or, you know, the last Thursday. And then they trade tables and stuff like that. I believe, I don't know if it's true anymore, I believe that uh, the week of Thanksgiving, they let civilians uh, wait online and get paid. <laughs> the peasants you know. are allowed. It's the Black also, Friday sale. And I know now, uh, now they're doing takeout. 
And oh, really? Were, yeah, takeout it was $80 for two. And they, uh, all over the city, they were delivering. Wow. Delivery wow. and pickup. Our- you should look into that. So for people that never will get a table at Rayo's, this is your chance to eat the food. In I your did. T- God, sorry, Andrea. In this crisis, we can have bowls and sauce. We can you know have what bowls I mean? and, and these sauce. are when I tell you these are balls. These meatballs are very, very large. And Wait, when great. you say and when great. you say forty dollars, is that two balls? Eighty dollars? No, 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 no. It's for dinner. Uh, you know, they, okay. uh, my friend told me it was forty dollars, eighty dollars mm. for a dinner for two mm. to go. And so they've okay. been backed up because so many people have wanted to go there. But yeah. unless you know someone, you can't go there. So who did you know? How did you do that? Uh, well, you know what? I think I first went charity. Uh, you know, they, they do a lot of charity stuff. Like if you go to a, uh, uh, like a big charity event, they'll auction off a table. Mm. I've, I've auctioned off tables there, no lie, $25,000 for a table wow. of eight with a, no dinner. You still have to pay right. for You still dinner. have to pay. It's just the table. Yeah. So um, I've, I've gone there on some of those occasions. And then Frankie would give me a table here and there. If I called, you know, it might be months in advance, but if I said, hey, listen, my birthday's blah, 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 you know, we want to, you know, get a table or uh, there's a great guy, Bo Deedle. He has a table up front there. He's given it to me a few times, you know. This is like a strip club for meatballs. Yeah, it kind basically is. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I was working uh, in property management, I did someone a favor and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize Property that management. he had he had a table at Rayos and he offered me a night at Rayos and I it was a table for four. And he gave oh it to you. He gave it to me. Wow. For the night and so you could take who you, you wanted. What would I you took, take? So I took my mother, my brother, and comedian Tim Dillon was my date. So, oh, okay. wow. right. so we had a great time. Uh, we had meatballs. The pesto was phenomenal. That was my favorite thing. The lemon chicken, everyone loves it. It was, you know, it was a good time. Can I be totally crass and ask you how much that dinner cost? Okay, so I did not pay for it. Our dinner was prepaid by the guy who gave me the table. What did you do to this guy? How hard did you blow this dude? Because, I mean, fucking seriously, what? I did him a favor. Um, With your mouth? Listen, I got to tell you, if it was with my mouth, we would have had extra meatballs. Okay. Oh. Um, but he came to he came to the restaurant. We had a table for eight. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had the whole restaurant closed down, Andrea. That's who I am as a person. Uh, I believe so it. We got there, and he actually met us there, and he's a singer, and mm. he sang to us before our meal. Wow. And then uh, he <laughs> – Who the fuck is this? This is pretty good. Frank Sinatra? <laughs> that, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, he sang us a Sinatra song. He, he, wow. At my request, he asked me which Sinatra song I wanted. Which, uh, which one was it? Uh, one for my baby. Mm. You know it. You I'm, love it. I'm a, I'm well, a My Funny thing, Valentine. That's too, though. Uh, you know, there's a jukebox, and then people get up and sing. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's part of the thing. You know, uh, the, what it usually costs somehow, and I don't know, it's usually about 100 yeah, it was I think twenty ahead. I think the bill came out to about five hundred dollars. Yeah. It's that's about a hundred, hundred twenty ahead, whatever you eat and drink. There's plenty of food. That's like everything and you drink and it really it's like almost like a private club. There's only about sixty or seventy seats in there. So it's a lot of fun. But you can go to the bar. Anybody could go to the bar and you could, you know, soak in the atmosphere. You're not gonna get a table, but yeah. you could go to the bar and just hang. It's a small bar and so it's fun to go. Do you, sure. 
Do you know a lot of underground stuff in New York that's sort of like, I know that that's not underground, underground, but it's, you know, you have to have a pass or a slip somewhere. No, not anymore. I think that's more like the club shit. I don't do that. And, you know, I'm yeah. old now. I'm old. But, uh, you know, they, well, like we used to go to Mario Batali had that famous third floor at the Spotted, spotted Pig. Spotted Pig, oh, yeah. yeah. That restaurant. I was, was up there a few times, you know, uh, where it was like, you know, friends of his, you know, late at night would go. I don't hang out. Did anything happen when you were there, Steve? <laughs> no, no. <nothing laughs> Did you lose nothing, time? <laughs> no, nothing. I woke up four days later. <laughs> Wearing in lipstick. A, in, in, a bar, in a barbershop in Brooklyn. No, yeah, I don't. The, the spotted pig is, is in a little bit of a situation right now. Well, well yeah, yeah well, it, it, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that was one thing that they did. And, you know, during the Soprano years, they wanted... In the meatpacking district, that was kind of real hot pastis. And sure. There was a place to get light on the corner, and they went downstairs. There was a basement where whatever the fuck was going on down there. Yeah, what the meatpacking district. Yeah, the meatpacking distance, we talked about it a little before on the show. Um, it really was a meatpacking area. There was hooks in venues for where the meat would hang, mm-hmm. and they just kind of kept it in for – ambiance and turned it into restaurants and venues but what you've been here for a while and you grew up in brooklyn what would you say is one of the neighborhoods that changed the most that you saw or experienced well first of all uh well a ton i mean when i was a kid you couldn't go you know brooklyn court street and red hook and all that Mm -hmm. you could not go down there Mm -hmm. The downtown Brooklyn. You could not go downtown Brooklyn. You were going to have a problem, you know, and Court Street and President Street, which is just a beautiful area. Carroll Gardens. It used to be fucking, you know, uh, you go down there. Italian or not, there was all a bunch of Italian guys down there. Even the Italians weren't safe. (laughs) You were going to have a problem. I mean, seriously, that was a really... Tough neighborhood down there. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean I don't mean to make this all you know detailed, but a lot of people learn from movies and shows like Sopranos what quote having a problem is. But if you could tell us what kind of problems. Well, listen, you can so like say you had to go down there for whatever reason. You're walking down the block, three, four guys. They're gonna fucking maybe smack you in the back of the head. They're gonna kick you in your ass. They're gonna. Mm-hmm get money they're gonna say hey come on let me you know blah 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 and they're gonna chase you and they're gonna beat you up yeah i mean well, they're gonna beat you up. Be, that's a uh, very traumatic experience and i gotta tell you i've had so many traumatic experiences in my life and that's why i use BetterHelp online counseling because BetterHelp online counseling is always there for me i've been using it for over a year and now i am totally cured uh no i'm, I'm not i'm still using BetterHelp online counseling because if there's something that's interfering with your happiness you need to talk about it so even if it's something that's uh you know you're being bullied that's something that's like really really great to talk about with your counselor the service is available to clients worldwide in fact so many people have been using better help that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states i want you to start living a happier life today as a listener you'll get 10 percent off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash new york join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health again that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash new york could I they help it. you get a table at Rayo's better help? <laughs> I got to tell you, that is the one thing they cannot help. But you can ask. You could never know. You could ask. Better help. Listen, I'm better help, man. I'm trying to get a table at Rayo's. You could talk about how you feel. You could talk about the rejection. 
Yes. So, Steve, well, you, you grew up in New York. Do you remember your first apartment on your own as like a young person? Do you remember where you were? You know, I did not have an apartment. I left here. We lived, seven of us, mm-hmm. in a very small apartment. Uh, mm-hmm. It was my mother, father, and five kids uh, in Brooklyn in a two-family house. Mm-hmm. And we lived there. And I think about it now, it was horrifying. There was no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one bathroom. Ooh. Oh, and, fuck uh, off. And it was, I had three sisters and a brother. And oh. I went to college. I went to Brooklyn College. Uh-huh. And when I graduated, three weeks later, I was gone. Yeah. Uh, I could not wait to get out of there for various reasons. Sure. But it was a very, I would love to go back and see it. It was right on the corner of Bay 11th and uh, Benson Avenue. Oh, and, wow. Uh, we, I lived there for most of my life, uh, you know, and it was a tiny shit apartment. And the landlord, you, you know, every five minutes was banging upstairs. I mean, you got seven people walking around. Yeah. And I had a bike. You couldn't keep your bike in the hallway. And it was just all these fucking rules. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty shitty. Pretty goddamn shitty. I got to tell you. I had what made first- you come back? When I started doing The Sopranos, I was gone for 20 years. I you was were gone Vegas. for 20 years? Wow. 20 years. I was in Vegas, and uh, I, we had a one-bedroom apartment. Me and my buddy moved from Brooklyn, and it was a one-bedroom with the bathroom in the bedroom. So <laughs> if you brought someone home, the first guy in, that's it. And they say, the guy's walking in, you're with somebody, the guy's walking into the fucking bathroom. There was... <laughs> so that was uh, that was different for sure. But uh, yeah, it was a it wasn't a, a project or obviously in a ghetto where I grew up, but it was not good conditions at all. Yeah, it was just overcrowded, overcrowded and with uh, people that you really don't want to be there with. <laughs> Are you talking <laughs> about your family? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> would, would you say that was your worst apartment or was there a worse apartment that you had? No, that, that, was, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. That was my worst one in New York City. By then, by the time I came back, I was doing the show. I was older. I yeah. You know, I had money. I I was okay. You know. Steve, what neighborhood did you come back to? Uh, Battery. Oh, I lived in Staten Island. Ah! Yeah. Ah! Now listen Steve, to this. Listen. I'm so sorry. Listen, I lived in Staten Island when I first got on the show. Uh, I commuted back and forth to Las Vegas the first year. Then the second year. I, to be honest, I was gone for 20 years. I didn't know where to go. Yeah. So I went to Staten Island because mm-hmm. I didn't know where we were shooting. I had friends I grew up with there. Mm-hmm. Rented a house. Okay. Now, my wife was born in Las Vegas and my kids. So my wife goes to Pathmark one day. She comes back. I thought she saw a fucking ghost. She goes, <laughs> I can't believe what I just saw. A woman was beating up a kid in Pathmark. Oh. Anthony! Anthony! <laughs> the, the one thing you can't do, if you bring someone to Staten Island that's not from New York, yes, it's like they landed on Mars. Yeah. It's like a fucking another world. Yeah. And so in this house, I rented a nice house, and unbeknownst to me when I rented it, there was a big outside the house, like stairs and they built an apartment and it, the wall was so thin. It was literally like she was living with us. It was a, uh, cop, a woman cop 
<laughs> and she no. was living with us. A boyfriend comes over. Oh. He's fucking, they're fucking banging away. My daughter <laughs> at the time is five. That's my wife. Papa, what's that? I says, oh, she's working out, honey. She's, she's you weren't lying. Exercise. You weren't he's lying. Doing, he's doing push-ups on top of her. Listen, this was, when I say it wasn't a bad physical apartment, she was living with the four of us. She yeah. was in the apartment. I heard every phone call, every single thing. I mean, that was horrible. That's From a there, good old illegal apartment, man. I yeah. love that. That's so Italian. That's very Staten Islandy. Uh, then I moved to Little Italy, where I lived for two years above Il Cortile. You ever eat there? Great restaurant. Mm-hmm. I lived upstairs for two years, and that was fantastic. Because mm-hmm. I would look down the restaurant who was around. You know, that was home base. So that, that was a lot of fun. Little Italy is such a fun neighborhood. I also love, you know, obviously it's very different right now, um, but I love going into Little Italy and then walking into Chinatown. Like you can just, you could be in lower Manhattan for like three hours and not run out of things to see, uh, incredible food. Like it's just, uh, 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 it's such a pleasure. I miss that about New York City so much. My family is from Little Italy actually. When we, yeah, yeah, so they came, um, they lived uh, just, right in the middle of it all just my it's aunt was- it's a great neighborhood now it's gotten very expensive it's really yes. nice neighborhood there's a lot doing they close the streets on the weekend i was the grand marshal of the saint Gennaro. Ooh, that's good quite an Royalty. honor for a guinea Royalty. I love, uh, I love a good zep. I really do yeah. i really love i remember and- when when my aunt died we were all trying to get her apartment because it was right on Mulberry you Street. Gotta, and you got it. It was just, it was almost impossible. I don't it? even know who got it, but it wasn't me. And that's maybe all I was, cared about. Maybe I got that one. <laughs> that's what I was living in. Did you take Aunt Marie's apartment? <laughs> may have. Steve, that's Mulberry, bullshit. I was right on Mulberry and Hester. It might have been me. This is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it so, was... so, I, so I lived there. Then I lived in Battery Park City, uh, the financial district. I'm in downtown. You know, I'm not. A, yeah. I don't think yeah. uptown works for me. But uh, yeah. The St. Gennaro's Fest, I I experienced it one day, like everyone talked it up and there's a lot of festivals that happen in New York where they close down the street and there's Mm -hmm. sausage and there's like the same food on repeat as you walk, right? And I don't think this festival is that much different. It it maybe is a little bit more concentrated, but there was always this guy in a booth and correct me if I'm wrong, and you throw, you know, the baseballs and it's a dunk tank and whatever. Mm -hmm. And this guy had a mouth on him. He would insult absolutely everybody. If you were there with a date, he'd be like, are oh, you dating this guy? And just rip you to oh, that's shreds. Funny. Yeah. And funny. then I would think like, this isn't going to work. Like you're just a punk. And people would be fuming going, here's my $5. I'm going to fucking get you. And it was just amped. And people were standing around like, what's he going to say? And he said absolutely everything to anybody that was Steve. He's Steve with his big fucking mouth. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's like, you're a douchebag. You (laughs) like that? You're a douchebag. I think he was in Coney Island. They had him in Coney Island, too. Yeah. It was something. You couldn't walk away. Uh, It's a tough gig. Tough gig. It is he, a tough and game. he wore it's a mask so- and people were like, take off your fucking oh, ass. I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I got to tell you, I would love to have that job. You'd be I, great. I'd be great at that job. Yeah. That's the like, one job Tracy like, didn't have. That's yeah. the only one. 
<laughs> so, Steve, do you remember a moment ever where you were like, I'm afraid of, for my life or like this, this is a, a New York moment that I'm never going to forget? Is there one that stands out in your mind? Well, there's a couple of things. One, uh, I went to college in Manhattan, John Jay College on 57th Street. I, I played basketball there. Uh, and it was the rough 70s. This was 75, Jeez. 74. And yeah. I would, they would drop us off, like after we played, say, in New Jersey, drop us off. And then I would have to take the train. You know, back then, there's no Uber. I couldn't afford a cab. There was none yeah. of that. Yeah. And I'm taking the trains in the bed. These are the days of warriors. You know, yeah, these are yeah. Days. And I was afraid every night. That yeah. I came home at 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning riding the trains. I mean, it was very much so. That was, you know, and then, you know, and then when I, but when I was alone, not so much. Now, you know, one, once I had kids, then you're afraid a lot because you're always yeah. afraid for them and, and with them. And though New York City's so much better than it once was, of course. Yeah. Fucking de Blasio is trying to bring it back to the 70s. Oh, God, we're getting close. <laughs> you want to see the 70s, go down to Penn Station. You'll what about Giuliani, right? Uh, Stop it. Stop it. That's Hemda's trigger word, Giuliani. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, let's not go. Let's not go there. But right. uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was a tough time. That was scary. I'll tell you a funny New York moment that so I go to Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium. Mm -hmm. I'm with my wife. It was, you know, the early 2000s. I like, just got on the show, you know. So I go to take a piss, and who's next to me? Paul Simon, I think. Whoa. I'm not sure. Whoa. Right? So I'm not sure if it's Paul Simon. I kind of think he is, but I never saw him. I'm a huge fan. And this yeah. Big. So, boom, we wash our hands, and then we're, like, walking back together because, you know, uh -huh. from the bathroom. And uh -huh. We just start talking, and... Like I said, I'm not sure. We're just talking about the game and just small talk. I don't say anything yeah. in case it's not him. Sure, sure. I don't want to yeah. be an asshole, right? So three innings later, I get up to take a piss again. It's Paul Simon. It's the same it. schedule. You're on the Stop. same schedule. Same piss schedule, right? <laughs> now we start talking. He said something. I say, hey, I love that song, Fathers and Daughters, this and that, da, da, da. Yeah. I go sit down. I tell my wife. I saw him again. I had told her the first time. She's going, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It's him. I said, I just was talking to Paul Simon. And oh she telling me I'm full of shit. We fast forward. Fast forward a few years later, I'm at the Beacon, uh, the grand opening. We get invited. And we're backstage. Is Paul Simon. I go up to him. I said, Paul, I don't know if you remember me. Because he didn't acknowledge he knew me either. Sure, sure. Said, I swear to God. He says, I played the song you liked. <gasps> I swear to God. Oh. I, mean, I was in the second row. I swear to you. And oh. so then I go and get my wife. I said, you got to stay here. Stay here one second. I go and get my wife. I said, Paul, tell her how we met. <laughs> tell her we pissed together. And he says, we pissed together at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I, my hand to God, this is a truth. <laughs> my wife's face turned red. And, thought, and that could only happen in New York City. Oh, that's like Yankee my favorite Stadium. story I've ever heard. Oh, we got to call swear. this episode Piss Buddies. <laughs> I swear to you. <laughs> and I've, si I've since seen him 
you know, uh, at, at charity events. And yeah. we, we always talk. And uh, obviously, you know, really good guy. And, uh, you know, oh. that's a New Yorker for oh sure. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a true story. And I okay. called. I got the chance to call him out, you know, to show my wife that I wasn't lying. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's beautiful. Did he oh know that God. he actually went to my high school, Paul Simon? Really? He did. He went to Forest Hills High School. I don't know if he remembers me, uh, but if you ever <laughs> run into him again, you might want to tell him that you were on our podcast. <laughs> She's... I, I, I certainly will. She's Luigi's gal. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you a little bit, like, the, this is a very broad question and not so much New York. When you started um, getting uh, getting into the acting world and into sort of Hollywood, is Hollywood really what we hear? Because you seem to stay very, very grounded, while other people seem to kind of go a little nuts. Do yeah. you have that? Like, does it suck you into that at some point? Well, you know, I, I'll tell you what. I, I, I could see where a young kid, you know, somebody you know, in their Mm twenties making a shitload of money. Everyone's up your ass because it's all about money. Let's not kid ourselves. Everything is driven by money in Hollywood, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, or, or in the business, you know, because it's all over the business is all over now. Right. So, I mean, if you're a 22 year old kid, everyone jumps at you every whim you hit on some sitcom or on some show, like the kids from Glee, yeah. Like Leah, Leah Michelle there, right? Young, young person. And, and all of a sudden you're on every magazine cover, blah, 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 blah. And I could see where you could go a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could start drinking, getting into drugs. You're invited to every party. Other celebrities suddenly know who you are. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the person you admired, whoever that may be, a singer, uh, whatever. Now you're right next to them. You're pissing next to them. You're, you're, yeah, exactly. But you're piling around with them. I personally, I was like 40 years old. And in Vegas, I already had dealt with a lot of celebrities. because that's what I did for a living. I used to book comics. Mm-hmm. And I booked big acts. And I was an entertainment director. And that's what I did. So I was around them. Mm-hmm. I didn't really give a shit. You know, they didn't. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to meet this guy. You know, the yeah. only guy that I really was somewhat excited about was Frank Sinatra. And I met him four or five times. That was the only one. Otherwise, I could give two shits. If you were a nice guy, you were a nice guy. If you were an asshole, you were an asshole, you know? And so I could see where a young person, but I also see a lot of people, actors, they need to get stroke constantly. They need to be told this, this pandemic is killing a lot of them because they can't go out and fucking Mm. be, stroked and told how great they are and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And some people are still doing it with the selfies all day. Oh yeah. You know, the world is falling apart. They're by their fucking pool in the mansion and yeah. they're, they're showing off, you know? So I could see where you could go crazy. I could also see where you had it and then it slips away. Yeah. And those people, a lot of people have nothing else in their life or whatever. They don't recover. Like, yeah. you know, you know, you've seen it, right? The guy used to be a big star in nineteen in two thousand and five. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You People know, have said that about me. To be honest with you, like <laughs> it's I, a, it's I <laughs> the Luigi say that. What happened? Listen, I peaked in about. 
I peaked around the year 2000 when I was 16. I just, you know, I had my, my sweet 16 was really like my coming out party and it was just, you know, where I excelled. And then from there on downhill, it's all downhill. It's all yeah. downhill you got you know? the table at Rayo's. That's a big thing. I did get the table at Rayo's though. That is you know, true. But you see, if you get another table at Rayo's, that's what you got to do. Tell me it's everything. It's kind of like tipping. Uh-huh. You got to, you know, you, you bring someone that can help you. Mm-hmm. It's like the right. border system of life. The border system in life. I got this. You got that. I want some of that. Why do you think I bought my mother? Why she helps. <laughs> she helps. She pays she... the rent. Pays the rent. <laughs> All right. You got to It was on my mom's bucket list, and when she found out that I got the reservation, she was like, "I put that on my bucket list." Okay. And I was like, "All right, you can." But this remember, next time you could use that because there's someone that could maybe help you in business or work or personal life. You take them, and it's the barter system of life. Is basically a barter system, kind of. Of course, right? yeah, absolutely. absolutely, kind of. You know, some people play it up too much. They're phony down to the fucking bone, you know. But to ensure proper service, I'll tell you a quick one, quick story. Yes, oh, please. My mother, who I love to death, always moaning and groaning, never happy, mm-hmm. never. I think she's like. Uh, she was somewhat like the mother in Sopranos. She could not find joy. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yes. Right? Like if she, if we went to a restaurant, she was, oh my God, I'll never eat this. Oh my God, what are you doing? Oh, it's too much. Uh, and then she would eat the whole thing and love it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but couldn't tell you about it. Mm-hmm. So me and my wife, when we first moved back here to New York, I would go to Jersey. She was living there and uh, you know, I would come in, and, and, and she was always, oh, I don't feel good. And then at the end, I would give her like 200 bucks. And for the last 10 minutes, she to was in a good mood. To ensure good service. She <laughs> was in good mood. Like she was in a great mood. So I told my wife, next time we go out there, I'm going to give my mother the money when we walk in. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I go in, hey, Ma, I give her $200. <laughs> How you feeling? What's the difference? I'm old. I want something to eat. Can I get you something to drink? Blah, blah, blah. We have the greatest visit that I've had in so long. At the end, I give her another 200, two $100 bills. Yeah. She's good. I like and her. she's crying now. She's crying. Oh. And I, oh, what are you doing? It's too much. Could you break these before you go? <laughs> I swear to you. <laughs> this sounds so like my family. You could tip your mother. Anyone takes tip. <laughs> Except for cops. Anyone takes a tip. Uh, actually, <laughs> cops take other things, but that's, I, I, I that's tip for a separate. To ensure proper service. Remember yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, thank oh. you, Steve. And you started a podcast now about The Sopranos, right? Yes. Yes, it's a uh, Soprano rewatch with Michael Imperioli. Uh, we started a couple months ago. We go down episode by episode. Plus, we talk about a lot of shit. Not unlike this. Yeah. Uh, restaurants and everything else in between. And uh, it's called Talking Sopranos. It's on YouTube and everywhere where you get your podcast. Uh, me and my friends have been going crazy over your podcast. Oh, good. good. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely love it. I'm glad you do. So that's it, guys. It was great talking to you. Stay great safe time. out there. 
Absolutely. Uh, Guys, you could find my other podcast too, Teen Mom Trash Talk and 90 Day Fiance Trash Talk and any of my other upcoming projects at tracycarnazzo.com. And you could follow me at Trixie Tuzini, T-R-I-X-I-E-T-U-Z-Z-I-N-I on Instagram and Twitter. Andrea, what do you got going on? Follow me at Andrea Comedy 69 on Instagram. It's all so much fun over there. And listen to my other podcast, The Hot Mess Comedy Hour, and go to onlyinnewyorkpod.com. We got lots of goodies there. We got balls. We got sauce. We got stickers. We have free, we have live, not free, excuse me. We have live shows available for purchase that are not, not in the general public. Wow. So check those out. And, uh, you know, Venmo me, Andrea Dash Allen. <laughs> <laughs> You could listen to my other podcast, Keith and the Girl, at keithandthegirl.com or anywhere podcasts are listened to or watched. Keith and the Girl, we've been running from two, for, for 2,000 years, I was about to say. Since, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> since 2005. Sure, Steve, it was such a pleasure. Check out Steve's podcast, Talking Sopranos. So fun. Andrea, what do you have to say? Bulls sauce. <laughs> <laughs>